This podcast, it will change your life, but you have to listen to the whole thing. Front to back and back to front and front to back. <laughs> Just messing around. This is what happens though. This is my songwriting process right now. Call from Composer Quest. To accept, press 1. Oh hey, how's it going? Thanks for joining me on the Composer Quest. I'm your host, Charlie McCarran. In this episode, I interview Matt Shuby, a friend of mine and the man behind the 8-bit Composer Quest art. Matt and I had a lot to talk about, including how to write a song about a pooping duck robot. All of that and more, coming up. Remember, you can check out other episodes and learn about these artists at ComposerQuest.com. Welcome back to Composer Quest. I am here with Matt Shuby, a good friend of mine, a former bandmate, and also our artist, the cover artist of the Composer Quest podcast. That's right. <laughs> so Matt, what do you think about when you're making cover art for bands? Usually what I try and do is, well, first of all, I'm kind of selfish about it. Actually, I think about what I'd want to see. <laughs> you know, if I heard an album was called this, or if I heard that there was this concept behind it, like what would I imagine and what would I most want to see? What would make me buy it? Usually I kind of think about either a twist or a take or like a funny way to approach the idea like with composer quest you know you said you wanted something 8-bit and i was like this is i'm gonna make this the best video game about composing that was never made for the nes and so that's kind of the way i took it i usually try and find some kind of a light-hearted way to take the concept and twist it a little bit well you studied graphic design i did yes i have a degree in it believe it or not yeah (laughs) and currently doing freelance graphic design Mm -hmm. yeah how do you think your art background has inspired your songwriting or has it sometimes i think you know i could be one of those people that would just be like oh all art is just connected and obviously everything i make comments on everything else, but it sometimes doesn't it usually doesn't with graphic design i'm thinking about other people usually trying to articulate somebody else's ideas trying to give them the best version of what they want and so i guess in terms of when i write songs i think about the listener a lot more than I think some other people might, you know, if they're like songwriting is really personal to me and I'm expressing these emotions and I'm doing something that's really important to just me. I feel like sometimes I'm a little bit more aware of somebody's going to listen to this. I should probably make it bearable to them, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. Well, on that subject, you have written a few songs for your at the time girlfriend and now wife. That's right. I'm glad it worked. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, I always thought those were cool because they were, they avoid the cheesiness of love songs and you do it in a more interesting way. I'm glad that you feel that way because I was always worried thinking to myself, this is going to be so terrible for anybody else. Like This is going to be the worst thing for them to listen to. It's just going to be too sappy. you know. So I tried really hard to avoid it, but sometimes when you're trying the hardest to do something, you totally do it anyway. Well, I'm well prepared. I threw my mittens up, but I'm still scared. And each one stared to make a movement so remote. Let's open up our coats tonight. 
I, I mean, obviously, I knew that I was, was going to marry this girl because I had so many feelings, you know, and so many things to say in an interesting way, because that's, I guess, a, a true test of how you feel about somebody is if you can, can say things, you know, specifically to them in a unique, interesting way. But other people can also get behind it and say, yeah, like, that was really good. That's, yeah. Like I said, I'm glad it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm glad that that wasn't one of those things where I write her a song and then we break up like a week later because that would be <laughs> embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, but you'd have a lot more song ideas. Probably I would, that's true. After yeah. that. I suppose. I mean, yeah, there's this school of thought where it's like, oh, you're married now. What are you going to write about? Nothing is what? You ain't got no heartache in your life. <laughs> you're not going to write about nothing anymore. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I've never been too angsty of a guy. I was never one of those guys. I'm a pretty positive person, so... Yeah, it would come off as phony, I think, if I was writing too many sad songs. Well, it must have been kind of hard being in our band for you as a vocalist. <laughs> Sometimes That's our really... old band, uh, we went under many names. We four, did indeed, yes. Four, in fact. That's right, we have a nice tally um, of names. But <laughs> Matt was actually is still a couple of years older than the rest of us. <laughs> so I feel like... Our musical style was still kind of a little bit teen angst. Not that we were... There, there we just were, had kind of a dark bent to our music. There were certain people in the band, especially, I think, who espoused that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to say who. I don't want to embarrass anybody who may or may not be listening. But there were certain of us who were angstier than others and, <laughs> and uh, had a lot of things in their life, a lot of suburban white boy problems, and just like <laughs> having a rough time and just... <laughs> You know, this is the worst. I got to write a song about this. But yeah, I yeah, I have a hard time writing songs that are that way because something pretty terrible has to happen for me to get really, really sad, you know. Mm-hmm. And usually I play video games and then I feel better. So by the time I actually want to write a song, I'm like, this is going to be a good happy song. It's about how I beat Zelda. Like, this is what the song's going to be about now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, hey, what's your saddest song you ever wrote? Hmm. Trying to think if I ever written a really, really sad one. Oh, there's one that I never really finished that was kind of about me feeling like I was never gonna meet the person I was gonna marry, kind of during and after college, and it was about how you know, I met all these girls, man, and none of them want to go out with me. It was a real sad, sad kind of a thing. I don't remember what it was called though. Do you remember what it was called? I've played I, it for you yeah, guys. Yeah, I remember you playing yeah. it. Yeah. Um do you still remember how to play it? Oh no, I don't. Oh, I've become so happy and so well adjusted <laughs> and so in love with my wife that I've forgotten how to play this sad song. So let that be a message to everybody out there that sometimes record your songs, record while you your songs, <laughs> especially if it's like a good sad one and you have trouble with those, like record it right away. Yeah. Because if you get too content, you will forget it. Hmm. And this is science. <laughs> this is actual science. <laughs> Everybody beware, this podcast will change your life, but you have to listen to it multiple times in a row. Everybody watch out, we're dropping knowledge in your face. Don't choke on the knowledge, because it's delicious. Well, now you're married, and... Mm -hmm. You've also been making music with your wife, Donna. That's right, yeah. I think you guys started writing music with the Spin Tunes online songwriting contest. We pretty much did, yeah. We had toyed around with some other stuff before that, but we never really finished anything. And so we used this kind of as an excuse to be like, we have deadlines now and we have to write songs. Maybe you could explain what this contest 
is a little bit more in detail. Definitely. Well, you've participated as well. So mm-hmm. to everybody that's not Charlie <laughs> right now that's listening to me, um, basically Spin Tunes is a judged songwriting competition. And basically you started with a big pool of songwriters and you have like four or five judges. The judges come up with challenges for each of the rounds. You know, everybody's participating in the first round. And then you continue on whittling it down, doing the next challenge and the, you know, the next challenge after that until you get to four people and the final challenge. And then somebody is the Highlander after that. They're the only one, you know. (laughs) And you guys won. We did, actually, which we were really surprised about. We didn't think it was going to happen really at all. (laughs) Well, you you came up with a lot of good songs. Well, thank Uh, you. What was your favorite challenge? Hmm. That's a good one. Uh... Probably the rap one. That yeah. was so much fun. Yeah. A lot of people were really upset about that, too, I remember, because they were like, oh, it's a genre challenge, and it's not, you know, you can't tell people to pigeonhole their style. There was a lot of um, hootenanny and kerfuffle about that, I, th- I think, among some of the contestants, probably because they just didn't want to have to rap. But you guys went for it. Hey, Donna, can I ask you a question? Yeah. How did you go about initially writing that? I started to think about what are we going to wrap up, like what's this going to be, and I very quickly decided that I wanted no part of the rapping. I don't get stage right very often, but for some reason that just like gave me the willies, man. I just said, Donna, you have to do this. You have to rap. And so she said, well, what am I going to do? And so we decided that if you're going to do this, you should do it about something you know about. And she's a massage therapist. That's her job. And so we decided since she knows so much about anatomy and how the muscles work, as she has to for her job that she should be explaining to me, the concept of the song is explaining to me how to dance using very technical muscle terms, you know, because we figured that'd be fun to say, be fun to make interesting rhymes out of all those muscle terms. And it's a funny concept for a song and it gets both of us kind of involved too, you know, creates a story or a framing device, I guess. We are up to the tippy top and wiggle the same string till you do a booty pop then drag your biceps from a wrist along a shirt and repeat the entire process till you nearly touch the floor. Yeah, okay, I... I think I'm really getting it now. I'm really starting to understand. Because like I said before. You gotta know what you're doing with your body if you wanna dance. You gotta be a pro with your body if you wanna dance. Yeah. You gotta know what you're doing with your body if you wanna dance. You gotta be a pro with your body if you wanna dance. That, that chorus is just awesome. Anatomy dance. A friend of ours played that at their wedding, actually. <laughs> really? Because they liked it enough when it actually came out that wow. at the wedding, as part of their reception, they played that. So wow. It's See, getting, there you go again, pleasing the crowd. You know, it's getting big. Yeah. <laughs> Donna yeah. was doing all like the, you know, the 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 hard stuff, the rapping. I just sang the chorus on our song, and I think played mm-hmm. some keyboards or something. You know. Well, you rapped on my song. That's right. I know that you was... you were in that too. You'd rap too. I I yeah. tried. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you made but, it though too. Yeah, you got through that round. I People did liked make it, it a lot. That round because you figured out a With... way to do it that made sense for you too. That was the whole yes. thing. Is it's like you don't have to be doing gangster rap or something. If yeah. You don't want to you have to figure out like what can I do that makes sense for me? And you, I think, did a really good job with that. No, well, thank there's, you. There's a good mood was... in that song. Yeah, it's still a little bit awkward, but <laughs> inflamed in the bitter cold winter wind. Chain link, bobbed and wound, and nine feet high. Ominous obstacle to the inside. Try the gate, but it's locked tight. It's a good challenge to try and rap if mm-hmm. you have never done it before. Totally, yeah. What's your normal songwriting process? 
I usually start with the chorus because I feel like if I can't have a good chorus as the base of the song that everything's kind of standing on, I'm almost thinking like, why bother? You know, I don't want to even build verses off something that when I get to the chorus, which is supposed to be kind of a payoff. If the payoff isn't there for people to keep listening, it's like, I don't even want to do it. And I usually start over or junk the idea or rework it or whatever. I won't even think about verses sometimes until I have that chorus down. Hmm. So once you have the idea of the chorus, then the verse lyrically is kind of branching off of that? Kind or? of, yeah. You know, it's it's like a tree, I guess you could say, where you've got, you know, this big old stump at the bottom, and that's where the chorus is. And then everything else can kind of build off of that. What I, what I usually try and do, though, is I come up with a general idea of, you know, this song is going to be about this and this. Come up with uh, some subject matter. And then when I write the chorus, I try and think about what's the most interesting part of that that people would want to hear again and again. And then whatever details can't fit in the chorus, those kind of become the verses and flesh out whatever story I'm telling. I think it's interesting the subject matter you pick for your songs. They're usually really <laughs> bizarre. I usually as, try, yeah. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the pooping duck. The pooping duck robot. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Which is a real thing. But basically, yeah, we did a song for your song a week project, Donna and I did. And we had a really tough time coming up with what we wanted to do. And my old pal Wikipedia showed me the light. I stumbled upon this guy who was an inventor of automatons, you know, back in, I want to say 1600, 1700, something like that. Don't quote me on any of this. The facts aren't important. The important thing is, (laughs) is that he made all these really cool things. But what he was most famous for was this duck robot that could eat food and then poo it out. And it didn't even really work. People thought that it was actually digesting food and he had, you know, replicated the human digest or the, the duck digestive system. But it just, you know, it was an illusion. It was hokum. But people paid big money to see it. And so the song ended up being about how he's made all these other great things, but all people want to remember him for is this carnival attraction he made and how that upsets him. And that kind of became the, the meat of the song, you know, was how he feels about it as opposed to, you know, just writing a song about a pooping duck robot. You know, I feel like that's a stronger statement. How do I feel about this pooping duck robot as opposed to I made a pooping duck robot? You know, the first one's a little bit of a stronger start for a song. Mm-hmm. What lyrics did you start with in that song? Do you remember? Hmm. I think I started with the chorus like I usually like to, actually. Yeah, this is a good case study. Um, <laughs> The gears keep turning, which is, I think, the first lyric in the chorus was, I think, the first thing I came up with. Because I wanted it to seem like a continual struggle for recognition on his part. You know, he keeps making things and the gears keep turning. But they also keep turning inside of this robot he made, that the pooping duck. I'm going to say that so many times in this <laughs> podcast. The gears keep turning, that is all they want from me. I work so hard, but they still hold on to fantasy. That artificial beast that got in my brain. Mechanical fraud that will follow me to the grave, but I refuse to sit still. And I cry foul at your shadow. Maybe we could do another case study <laughs> with another song of yours, if if you kind of remember how you wrote it. Um, Definitely, yeah. How about a tight spot? A tight spot. That was for Spin Tunes. That was a challenge where um, the very, the specific challenge was pick a newspaper headline. And Don and I were like, well, everyone's going to go political. They're going to write about something, you know, that's world news, current event stuff. And so we decided to go the human interest route. 
The one we settled on was this one about a little boy who got his head stuck between the rails of a banister. And the paramedics came, and they used olive oil to slide his head out, and then he was okay. And that was in a newspaper in the Twin Cities here. We figured we would have a pretty original story, unless one of them was writing, like, man, this olive oil story. Ooh, boy. (laughs) What a scoop. We decided to give the boy an older brother that was not mentioned in the article. Gonna find my little brother Cause I've got a plan to share I'm feeling bored So stick your face between those planks to top the stairs And so the story is told from his point of view About, oh no, I'm gonna get in trouble I dared my brother just to stick his head In between the banister And now my mom and dad have called the paramedics And all this stuff And he's screaming and crying And like, I have to get him to not squeal on me You know, and that was kind of what the song ended up being about Let's calm down Try to get our stories straight I'll say you no, know, it wasn't my idea But I'm telling the truth Glad that it was you Who got stuck between the bars Once you won the Spin Tunes contest You got to be judges, you and Donna That's the next right, time. yeah What did you learn from critiquing people's music? What I, I guess what I learned is that Regardless of your intentions as a judge And you could be not trying in any way to upset somebody and just, you know, not giving them a very positive review. They could very easily take it the wrong way, no matter what you do. And so that was something that we kind of had to learn really quickly and also say, well, let's not change how we're reviewing stuff because that's, you know, that's not honest. We had to kind of get over the fact that people might get upset about, you know, things that we wrote or that we said. It's tough when criticism isn't normally a part of your life to to take criticism. Well, I first... I first remember when I started this online songwriting contest, that was pretty tough for me, actually, to hear criticism because, you know, you put your music out there and it's mostly just going to your friends. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like it, they probably just won't say anything. But yeah. <laughs> but then when you're stacked up against other songwriters, and it's like you get put in the lower 50th percentile, it's like that usually doesn't happen in school. Yeah. Or... I suppose for me it's different too because as a, as a graphic designer, I get, you know, criticism about my work is part of my job. So when I was actually in Spin Tunes, you know, if somebody gave Donna and I a review that, you know, wasn't so good for one of our songs, um, Donna would get more upset about it than I would, usually. Just because, yeah, as a massage therapist, she doesn't have somebody coming in and being like, that was not a good massage. Here are the reasons why, you know, this is why it didn't work for me. But that's part of my job all the time. You know, people saying this is good, but this doesn't work and stuff and, and evaluating my, my stuff that way. So how was it when you first started graphic design jobs? Uh, Getting it was, critiqued. It wasn't so bad because at school, they really prepare you. Though well, this is the school I went to. I'm going to plug my alma mater here. UW Stout, everybody. You know it. If you go there, um, it's not a very exciting town. But anyway, uh, <laughs> there's not a lot to do there. But it's a great school. I will say that. Um, they have a very good design program. But yeah, they, they try to prepare you pretty well for that where I went to school. And they give you tough critiques in class. So it's easier than it would be if you just were fresh out of school, you know, not a care in the world. I'm going to get a job. And then somebody just dumps all over your ideas. Any kind of creative field, you're going to be evaluated yeah. all the time. And it's going to be largely, you know, it's it's never going to be fact-based stuff usually. It's going to be opinion-based things. It's going to be subjective criticism for the yeah. most part. So, yeah, it's good to get used to that stuff. As 
days were growing cold I thought when can I learn About music and stuff I don't know enough And then the snow was melting <laughs> And I walked outside I realized that Charlie was there To teach me about the stuff I wanted to know about <laughs> When you're coming up with melodies in your songs How do you think about melodies? That's a good question. I usually think about what my ear wants to hear really badly. You know, if I'm stuck and I'm trying to figure out how to come up with the next area, I think, like, what does my ear want to hear? What does my brain want? What's going to push this over the edge from this is a pretty good melody to, whoa, this is a really good melody. If I were driving in the car and I was not expecting a song to come on and it came on, what would my ears hear and then say yes to? (laughs) And so I try and walk that line on one side and the other side is is it too expected of a choice too i kind of try and think about it both ways you know is what my ear wants something that everybody does all the time or is it stealing from somebody else or whatever first i go to the gut and then i do some research basically to figure out if i'm if i if it's legitimate that's i just had an experience like that tonight i came up with i thought what i thought was an awesome melody mm-hmm. that i thought i had originated but I realize it's just, they'll know we are Christians when... <laughs> they'll know we are Christians. <laughs> by our love, by, by our love. love. It's that one. Oh, yeah. man, that but brings I had, back a lot of weird memories. Uh, <laughs> I added an awesome bossa nova beat to it, though. But it's still... It's still I, that I still that, like, that I guess song. I can't use yeah. it. <laughs> I know, yeah. Hmm. Somebody would pick that out, too. I mean, if you picked it out, somebody yeah. else would, too. Yeah, but I think you're definitely on to something with trying to find the balance between expected and unexpected mm-hmm. melodies yeah i try to throw in some when i'm writing writing chords for a song to support a melody too i like to throw in and this is a very technical term flavor chords <laughs> <laughs> this is what i call them you know where it's like this is what i i'm playing along and i come up with something where it's again what my ear really wants to hear in terms of a, of a chord in, in the progression and a lot of times when i've played for you whatever that is it's funny because you know what i'm doing you have studied music and you know exactly what i'm doing and you can say oh it's because this and this chord work together this way or it's called this type of a progression from this to this and i never have any idea that's what i'm doing but i i end up doing something like that yeah i mean it, it works i mean so i a lot of times when i'm writing don't even think theory consciously mm. i don't think about what the name of this chord is that i'm playing and well, it I think it adds yeah. to spontaneity mm-hmm. of it. When you start I, thinking about this chord should go to this chord. Mm-hmm. So people that I, I know that are songwriters that are really, really serious about it, they do think about that. And it can be a good thing. I think it can be kind of a hindrance too. Not that, you know, oh, I don't have no education about songwriting, but I'm so good. I'm listening to my gut. I'm, you know, throw all that theory out the window. My way's better. That's not what I'm saying, you know, but it's just sometimes you can get too far into that stuff and get too technical about it, and and you can lose the way of, you know, like, I said, like you said, spontaneity and also allowing somebody who's listening to kind of be surprised by by the song and what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. And I think being in a band is huge, though, too, for spontaneity definitely with four people that have totally different ideas of music 
and yeah we ended up i think coming up with some some interesting songs even if we weren't very skilled yeah, at playing yeah. <laughs> um i think some of our old songs even still were yeah were unique at least A good thing and a bad thing about being in a band is that I couldn't write all the songs that I wanted all the time, but I also couldn't write all the songs that I wanted all the time. You know, it was good because it wasn't, there were other people there to kind of keep me in check and rein me in and stuff. And I think it, it helped me be a better songwriter on my own because I was still thinking about other people as opposed to just do whatever I wanted. Mm-hmm. Which I think is good. Sometimes as a songwriter, you do have to think about that because if you're going to really, if you're going to write something that you want other people to hear, you know, regardless of what what you're writing, you should always at least think about them a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The other thing too, I think, playing different roles in bands mm-hmm. is helpful because, like, I, I've only really played guitar and bass, but being a lead guitarist is totally different than being the bassist definitely and even more so i'm sure there's a difference between that to drums Mm -hmm. something like that. i played drums on a couple songs in that band i remember that was fun (laughs) yeah we did that yeah we we actually switched off we switched it all up yeah because i was on drums and i remember rob our drummer had a guitar and then i think you were playing the violin Mm -hmm. and i don't know was andy doing anything different he Mm -hmm. must have been playing bass probably (laughs) sorry andy Everyone got to switch instruments but you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then we all, then we switched, I think, again in the middle of that song, too. Yeah. I'm surprised more bands don't try that. Actually, I was hearing, I don't remember which album it was of, of uh, David Bowie's, but because it was his birthday the other day, they were talking about this um, on the radio. He did an album where he really wanted kind of a garage rock feel to it. And the way he thought he was going to achieve that was just let's have everybody switch instruments and everyone play different stuff. Just because he wanted it to be a little sloppier and a little messier and have a little bit rougher edges. Huh. And that was his way of doing it. And because he's David Bowie, everybody did it. <laughs> Been traveling so long I can't see straight As a composer my quest is never done Well, in addition to playing actual trumpet, um, you are a pretty awesome mouth trumpeter <laughs> as well. That is a I, good I don't know if you're I didn't think you're gonna bring anything like that up. That's that I'm genuinely surprised <laughs> by the, the tenor of this interview right now. <laughs> so where'd you learn those skills? Learn them from my father by observing him because my dad and a bunch of other members of my family on my dad's side sing barbershop and stuff. But my dad also likes to do even if a song doesn't have trumpet in it, just to do his own mouth trumpet to it particularly if he's doing the dishes. That's kind of like prime mouth trumpet time for my dad is when he's doing the dishes that are just... Like, just just do that stuff and be drying a dish or whatever. So that's where I started doing it. It's probably just because I wanted to to mimic my dad. Part of it's nature, part of it's nurture. It's, you know, it takes a village to raise a child to learn mouth trumpet, basically, is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's on the horizon for you 
as a songwriter? That's a good question. I have not written songs in a while now, um, but talking with you about this stuff and getting ready for this podcast and stuff, I've started to want to do it again. You need to start up a Song a Week Session Volume 2 just to force us to get <laughs> productive about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I find that if I'm just writing songs for, for me, it's so much tougher to finish them. I need a deadline, but I suppose that's me being a designer also. <laughs> hey, I I realized that almost every piece of music I've actually finished and recorded was for some sort of contest or some sort of deadline. Yeah. So I'm trying with this uh, composer quest of my own. going to try and write 45 minutes of music every month. So I have some sort of goal. Definitely, but yeah. We'll see. Well, any other th- last thoughts you had about hmm. songwriting? <clears throat> Well, let's see. I would say, as cheesy as it sounds, listen to your ear, listen to your heart, listen to your gut, because many a time they will be right. (laughs) That's my advice. Well, thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks for having me. It was super fun. Yeah. Great talking (laughs) to you again. Good luck with your rejuvenation of your songwriting career. I know. I got to get back on that horse. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, wait. Yes. There's one more thing. I almost <clears throat> forgot. I have to challenge you. Oh, that's right. You have to come up with some sort of intro. Intro for the podcast? Yeah. Could be more mouth trumpeting. I, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think what, what, pe- people have had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody listen. But to drop some knowledge in your face. Heart style Cause you don't know what you're missing But you will if you stay a while When the learning starts to burn and it gets stuck in your head You gotta know about this music or you might as well be dead No, I'm not suggesting that you go out and die You should listen to this podcast, you should give it a try Compose